this Mass, something I'd like you to think about is the praise of God, that God wants us to, to sing Him praise, to worship Him, to adore Him, to love Him, to bless Him. This is something I was doing with the, the little kids um, at the school this last week is, you know, I was just, you know, had them clap their hands and I said, just repeat after me. And they start saying, thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Thank you for this day. Thank you for my mom and dad. Thank you for the sun. Thank you for the moon. Thank you for the stars. There's nothing more healthy for a human being than to thank and praise God. Like thanking and praising the Lord. This is what the Mass is about. This is what our whole lives are about. So if you're, if you're ever feeling kind of like stuck or you're feeling like you're in a funk or if you're feeling like work is... Uh, a dread. Work should never be dreaded. God actually gave us labor as a blessing. And so work is not a dread. It's a blessing from the Lord. And, and really what, what makes work dreadful or what makes labor, um, why we might dread our labor sometimes is it's the inner approach or the inner attitude that we have toward work. And that's probably because our vision or our lack of vision keeps us from experiencing the joy of the Lord within our work. And we've all been there, right? Original sin kicks in, and we start to miss the whole beauty and intimacy that we can have with God when we labor. And, and especially when we don't like doing what we're doing. See, this is where we as Christians have this genius, this insight, this perspective of life that no one else can bring to the floor, especially the Catholic vision because as Catholics, we have a very, what I would like to say, a positive anthropology. We don't see humanity as um, totally depraved, as Luther would say, you know, totally depraved, totally corrupt, it's done. But we believe in a, what we that would call that a negative anthropology. It's a negative vision of the human person. We would say a positive anthropology, a positive study of the human person and understanding comes with we are fundamentally at the core good. Because God made us. And if God made us and he made us good, that means we have the capacity to do great good. And it's not about me or you, but God in his amazing goodness lets us participate in his goodness. Think about that. We participate in the goodness of God. By our very creation, by our very being, by our very existence. It's not even that we have to do something to earn our goodness. We are good by nature. From the very beginning, from our origin, from our mother's womb, from the moment of conception, that child is good throughout. Now, we might not choose to cooperate with that goodness as we sin, right? When we sin, we're failing to embrace our goodness. Or God and God's goodness especially, right? So, so right from the beginning, we'll see the world, and this is why come, sometimes work becomes dread or, or life can even be heavy on us or oppressive or dreadful is because out in the world, we learn what we would, this philosophy called utilitarianism, right? It's a philosophy of life that my value is based on what I can do, my utility. And this is why we don't, as a culture, see the value of the unborn, because what can they do? 
or the value of, say, someone that's laying in a hospital bed or that's sick that can't really do much anymore, or say, a soldier that's home from, from war that kind of lost his or, his or her ability to think clearly or lost limbs or arms. or they, We feel worthless, right? We can feel that worthlessness, but that's not the truth. The truth is you are inestimable in value. God gave you amazing value and worth. Just the, just the fact that he created us and we exist. Because see, if, if, we, if, we, if we only value what we can do, then what we do won't have value. If we don't value who we are, then what we do don't have value. If you understand this, listen. If you don't value first who you are, then everything you do will be trying to earn your value. Hope that makes sense. If you don't know who you are, everything you do will be an expression of trying to earn who you are, earning your value, earning. I gotta earn my love. I gotta earn my value. I gotta earn my goodness because I gotta do this, I gotta do this. And then when we don't perform well, when we don't do well, when we don't create utility, when we aren't valued because that's how the world values us, right? Then we get all depressed. We get anxious, we get afraid, and we hate going to work. But if you get up in the morning knowing who you are in Him and knowing how good you are just by your very existence and nature and creation, then when you go out your door to work, you know that everything you do is for Him. It's for Him. It's not for me to earn something or get something. I'm doing it out of the abundance of the amazing God that we have. Like, wow, God made me. He lets me get up. He's giving me my breath right now to talk to you. He's giving me my heartbeat right now. God's giving me my very existence. He's letting me exist at this moment. And He continues to let me exist. Even when I put Him on the cross, He still lets me exist. He could, have not, he could take us out any moment He wanted, but He lets me continue to exist even when we crucified Him. He continues to let... Because you know why God lets me continue even if I did this to His Son? You know why? Because He believes in me. He made me. He knows what I'm capable of. I'm capable of great things for the glory, honor, and praise of the Lord. And so if we look at our first reading today, let's look at this first reading a minute. Listen, this Mass is called The Blessing of Human Labor. The Blessing of Human Labor. That's what this title of today's Mass is. The Blessing of Human Labor. Listen, book of Genesis, chapter 1. Let us make man in our image and likeness. God, first, right off the bat, remember back to who you are. We are in his image and likeness. Meaning what? We're created in God's image, meaning we're relational beings. We have an intellect to think and a will to choose. Only angels and, an, sorry, only angels and humans can think and choose. Animals can't. They can be trained but they don't have the ability to think and to freely choose. Only angels and humans can think and choose. Therefore, only angels and humans can be in this deep communion with God and only angels and humans can sin. You can't sin if you can't think and you can't choose. I have that capacity to think and choose, right? So we are made in His image and His likeness. Likeness meaning what? We have this ability to love. 
We're free. The will gives us the freedom to love. I can, I can, when I go to work, I can live my whole work life trying to earn my value and worth based on how much I make or how well I perform at work. <clears throat> or I can go to work realizing that, hey, I might not perform the best one day, but you know what? I'll be honest with you. Some of the best things that can happen to us at work is to fail. Because when we fail, we're forced to face the lies we believe about who we are. When we fail, we have to turn to Him. When, see, when we succeed all the time, we never really get in touch with that tension between I'm valued because of what I can do and just, or I'm valued because of who I am. See, when you fail, you have to embrace who you are. You have to embrace how He loves you. Because the world won't love you. Let's just be honest. If you don't succeed in the world, in the, in the work world, most of the time, you're just kicked aside. You're just, a, you're just a social security number. You don't succeed. You don't make the money. You're just a, you're a cog in the wheel. That's why we want to eliminate the unborn sometimes and even the elderly, right? Because what are they going to do? Just take up space. That's how the world views, right? So, But that's not how we view it. But we ought to be honest, we all have inside of us this wrestling match at times between pay attention to how you feel when you fail. That'll really say a lot to you about what you believe about yourself. When you fail, if you lose your peace, you know why you lose your peace when you fail? Because he's not on the throne. It might sound, we've made an idol out of the world's vision of who we are. God's vision of who I am is way different than the world's vision of who I am. And if I put God on the throne when I fail, I don't like revel in it. Like, oh, I failed, I failed, this is great. No, I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is when I fail, there's a solemn embrace of my God's love for me as a human being, as a beloved son. I might not have performed the best, but God loves me as I am. That's the heart of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. That's why we are created in His image and likeness. Now He said here, listen, obviously we don't have time to do a full Bible study here, but, but we can look at some of these scriptures, right? You know, this, this whole idea here at the end of this first reading, it says, listen, God looked at everything He made and found it very good. Very good. You know, that's... At the end of each thing God created, he said it was good. It was good. It was good. Then when he made us, you know what he said? It is very good. Like, oh, that's good. That's good. It's good. And then God said, ah, it's very good. Because he, after he made us, he said it's very good. So next time you struggle, I want you to look in the mirror and say, it is very good. It is very good. Look what you made, man. You made me, God. Thank you. I am very good. See, sometimes you see the world says, oh, that's proudful. That's like, you know, you're full of yourself. No, that's true. You are very good. God said it. So don't argue with God. You're very good. Okay? Now, if you believe that, everything you do from that point forward is going to be a praise and a glory and honor to Him. But if you don't believe you're very good, then everything you do is going to be about earning or trying to get your value. And you're going to actually seek praise. See how it works? If I don't believe what God says about who I am, I'm going to actually seek praise for myself. I'll expect someone, hey, 
watch this, watch this. You, you see this even in little kids. You see little sin even operative in a little child. They'll, they'll run up and they'll say, hey, look, look, I made this. And they'll look, look, I did this. Or they, you know, they want to hit a home run so bad or they want to do this and that so bad. But what's really going on deep inside is they need to know their love because of who they are. Like, you know, and, and, and again, this is a battle we're going to all struggle with throughout our lives because of the effects of original sin. When you were baptized, original sin is wiped. You have inestimable value and worth in the great King Jesus Christ. But when you struggle with that tension between like, I'm valued because of what I can do and I'm valued because of who I am. When you feel that struggle, that's a sharing in the passion of Jesus. At that moment, you're up on the cross with him. Jesus probably, how much, how much, you know, he felt, like think about his mission. He spent three years working hard to spread the kingdom of God, his father's love, and spread it. And he's now up on a cross with thieves on each side of him. Talk about the feeling of like maybe failure, right? On each side of him. And not only that is all his inner circle, his closest 12, basically all ran away, left him, abandoned him, except Mary, John, Mary Magdalene, and the other Mary. They were there with him, right? On that cross. And so <laughs> we got to stick with each other. When we're on the cross and it's hard, we got to stay with each other. You got to, hey, brother, hey, sister, you know, you see someone down and feeling like life is like weighing them and crushing them and burning them and they dread it. You need to stop them and say, hey, let's pray because you know what? You're not valued because of who you are. You're valued or not. You're, you're valued because of who you are. You're not valued because of what you can do. And that's important, okay? Important. It is very good. He made us, right? And then listen. After he completed all the work, he said it is very good, right? Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work he'd done on creation. If I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a, a claim here. If we would keep holy the Lord's day, the world would change. If we would go back to honoring Sunday as God's day, the world would change. But we don't honor Sunday. Let's be honest. A lot of us, you know, we do a lot of work on Sunday. That's a sin. And then we wonder why, oh, you know, like we're all tired, we're all weak, we're whining, we're complaining, we're, we're all on edge, we're all like, you know, giving people unholy gestures when we're driving and all this stuff. It's like, you know, we wonder why all that happens because you're not honoring Sunday. And even if we're like not doing nothing on Sunday, we're watching TV all day or we're doing something very busy. Listen, a good sign that you're honoring the Lord on Sunday is you should be a little bored. If you feel bored on Sunday, you're doing something right. Because if you're bored on Sunday, you know what that means? You're learning how to be not do. We do too much. We don't be enough. We need to be. You can't do if you don't first be. I can't learn to do unless I'm first who I am. I need to be loved, be receiving from him. And let me, just to close, this, I got this from Jeff Cavins, that, that Bible timeline that he did. <laughs> I think this is a great way to think about this. But did you know God made us on day six with the animals? God made us on day six, right? <laughs> but he invites us into day seven, doesn't he? What happens when you, when you and I don't choose to enter day seven? What happens? When we fail or refuse 
or maybe we're just lied to and deceived into staying into day six. Day six is the animal kingdom. Day six is the animals were made on day six with us. We were made on day six. But humans were invited into day seven, which is that rest with the Lord, relationship with the Lord, covenant love, relationship, okay? Now listen, what's the number of Satan? Six, six, six. If you stay on day six, you're going to become like the beast. You're going to become very fleshly. You're going to become devouring. You're going to not work with your intellect and will. You're going to act with your emotions and passions all the time. Watch it. People that stop going to church, people that stop praying, people that stop being with God, you know what happens? They become more and more unruly in their passions and desires. And they start becoming, um, they, they make gods of their stomach, of the flesh, the world, and the devil. It's, it's, an, it's how it will happen. If we don't let God love us on day seven, if we don't enter day seven, we'll become 666. We'll become marked with the beast. We'll become people of the world, the flesh, and the devil. But if we enter day seven, 777, it's not at the casinos either, right? <laughs> 777 is the perfect perfection. Three sevens is perfect. It's perfect, perfect, perfect. It's like saying, it's very, very, very good. It's very, very, very perfect. Or 666 is more, it's very, very unperfect, unholy. 777, you enter day seven, you become a human being. You enter into rest with God. And then when you go out, people look at you and say, where were you? And you say, I was in day seven. I lived day seven. They're like, what are you talking about? Perfect moment to evangelize, isn't it? You see how it is? You receive on day seven so that days one through six can be what they're supposed to be. If you never receive on day seven, you're like a zombie. We become zombies walking through this world. We're just a number in the system. And we don't need more numbers in the system. We need living believers. Believers that really believe the faith, believe in Jesus. So as we continue Mass, <coughs> I want you to experience day seven, to receive his love. He worked so hard on this cross for us. He worked hard. You guys know what that cross is up there during Lent. Look how hard he worked. Look how hard he worked. Why don't we receive his work? Don't try to do what only he can do. Let him do it for you. Let him wash your feet. And so I'll pray for you, pray for me as we thank God for the labor of his son, the labor of his son, so that we could be the sons and daughters were created to be.